Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Beer Prime podcast. Today I'm excited to be joined by Matt from Siren Craft Brew and we're going to be drinking Illumina, which is one of their core range beers. In fact, it's their new core range beer and we're going to be talking about that as well as many other things. So without further ado, here's Matt. Hi Matt, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, no it's problem. always uh, a pleasure to talk about beer and, and drink a few at the same time. Absolutely. It's not a hardship, really, is it, to be honest? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, and so I think we're both drinking Illumina. Um, mm. I've got mine there. Um, you're, you're drinking yours in, um, in uh, one of the can-shaped glasses, I can see. Yeah. They um, are fantastic. They are. I, I, I saw, I think, I can't remember who it was that produced one, but I saw one several months ago and I thought oh I've got to find one but I, I couldn't find one and then I saw them in your stargazing pack yes yeah so it's um it's a bit of, I mean I guess obviously Lumina and we'll talk a bit about Lumina but um, it was always meant to be it was a release that had been planned from the start of the year uh, pre-covid uh, worries so when it became apparent that we we couldn't we could only release it in cans uh, we thought it was apt to get a can shaped glass for a can only release mm. um so so yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome looking it's got the great artwork on it um probably yeah. my new favorite glass at the moment it's definitely a little bit different to all the others i've got absolutely yeah and are those going to be going on the web shop can people buy those outside of the i believe so yeah we ordered enough to initially cover the stargazing boxes we actually ordered all the stock that um best glass had but we did manage to get hold of some more so i think they will be going on general sale so keep an eye out for those but yeah i think we've got more than enough um so people can get hold of them uh, outside but yeah uh, um if you definitely want to get hold of one well actually i think the stargazing boxes are now finished i think we've completely sold uh, yeah out. absolutely sold out as i saw um, on twitter um and obviously this uh, this uh, podcast is going out on friday so anybody yeah. listening to it and, uh, and deciding they want to do it, I'm afraid it's late, too late. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, this, this is the, I, I've seen on your, on your web shop, not only um, this, but also the, um, the escape room, the, the Seifstress. Yeah. Quite a lot of kind of online um, activities. Is this some, some things you are going to be doing anyway, or is this all because of COVID? Um, I mean, I think it was something that, um, I was keen to do so. I started for Siren two weeks before lockdown as the events manager, so not the best timing. Um, so it's kind of been somewhat of a necessity to move everything to to online and digital. It's something that I've always I wanted to bring anyway, but I I think with, with the current situation, it's it's something that we and, and a lot of other breweries have had to uh, become overnight experts in, as, as well as everyone else. You know, everyone's had to kind of get used to Zoom and um yeah. different kind of technology yeah it, it was always something that we wanted to kind of bring to the party um the size stress actually was a really great example of something that came purely because of lockdown so um it's an online escape room that was developed by a, a local kind of a escape room company mm. uh based in reading that all of a sudden you know much like a lot of other businesses found that overnight um they, they couldn't operate so I, I forget who got in touch with who, but um, a bit of talking to and fro, and yeah, they developed this brilliant 
online escape room um, based on kind of on the story of and the branding of Siren. Excellent. Yeah. I've not actually had the chance to have a go on it yet. I, um, <laughs> I really need to, but um, yeah, it's got some. I think I, I think it's become a bit of a sensation. It's uh, now rated, I believe, the number one online escape room in in the world, which is is okay. pretty awesome, especially as it's based on Siren. Yeah. No, that sounds fantastic. Um, and so uh, let's go on to Lumina. We're, talk we're drinking Lumina now. So this is now one of your new core range beers, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So uh, kind of pre-Lumina or core range um, up to that was uh, Yulu, which is our 3.6 pin and a loose leaf Earl Grey pale. Um, and then we had which is our sour. Um, and then going up to Soundwave, um, which is our flagship IPA, 5.6% IPA, and then Broken Dream, which is our breakfast stout. Mm. So that was, that was our core range. Um, quite nice already, just in those four, it was a nice kind of mix of styles. Um, you know, some easily accessible uh, beers across the ranges. Um, but there was something missing, um, which, which, you know, which turned out to be Luna. Um, we, we know there's been something missing for quite some Soundwave is, is 5.6%, um, can be quite punchy, um, maybe a little bit too much so for some people. Mm. Um, definitely um, at 5.6%, not quite sessionable um, in, in more, more, you know, more senses than just, you know, the, the fact that it's a, the style. Um, you could drink quite a few of them um, easily because it's so delicious, but uh, it's something that you will definitely feel the, the night after um, so I think Lumina was kind of born from that uh, maybe a, a slight gap um, gap in that that we wanted to have something that was a bit more um, sessionable and yeah. easily drinkable for, for people and this is 4.2 percent that's right yeah so um, 4.2 percent um, super fresh super easy drinking mm. um, something we've developed with a recipe that we've been if you take it right back a few years um so you might be familiar with our um range of beers called suspended in um yeah. which up until now has been a kind of an on trade only so it's always been something that's been in keg and cask uh, which is a four percent ale it's the same base beer but obviously the hops rotate and every two weeks we bring out a new one of these beers um, and that's taught us a lot about a just the composition and just brewing sessionable beers. Um, also, be uh, just about um, different hop combinations and, um, and how they kind of affect flavours. And, and also, we've learned a lot about kind of mouthfeel. Um, the mouthfeel is kind of really important to Luna as well. It's really kind of soft and smooth to kind of go with the, the profile. So um, we, we've took what we learned from suspended in. Um, and everything we've learned from kind of brewing in the past um, to develop uh, what initially was trialed out as refraction. So if you had refractions prior to this, which I think we were probably was probably out there in about four months, um, we when we were kind of quite happy with what we thought was a great kind of session of beer, um, it came out as refractions as first, um, and then a few tweaks later, yeah, it was kind of born as. Born as Lumina. 
Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it really nice. It's really nicely balanced. I think on the bitterness and the and the the tropical fruit. Um, yeah, lots of mango and pineapple in there. It's lovely. Definitely, as you say, it's something that you could drink a few of and not feel quite so bad the next morning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, <clears throat> that's that's kind of always intended to be. It's still got the punchiness. It's still got the flavour. It's still got everything that you would expect from uh, from an IPA. Um, but something here is a little bit more. It's a bit, a bit more easily accessible, really. Um, as as core range beers usually are, you know, a, a core range is, is kind of that that beer that that's easily accessible. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, drinking this Lumina, I I definitely think that there are, there are a few of my friends who are, are still kind of um, caught in the the macro lagers and um, they're wanting to sort of go into into some different beers, and that that's certainly one of the ones that I would suggest to them. That maybe something like Faith as well from Northern Monk, those kind of um, easily accessible uh, IPAs. So yeah, it's it's a good addition to the to the stable. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's a great core range that we've got. Uh, we're really kind of proud of our core range. Um, you know, they all play a, a role. They all tell a story. They all have their fantastic kind of artwork. There's a lot more to them than just the beers. Um, mm. And it's it, and they're, again, they're, they're almost the inspirations for our special. You know, our specials are built on on, on these you know these core range beers. Mm. And you mentioned the artwork there. I mean, where, who does the artwork? Where did that start? So the, all our artwork is done by a small kind of independent designer called Studio Path. Mm. Um, they also look after Vibrant Forest. Um, so they, they work with us to Just us too, as far as I know. Um, the artwork, um, I, I could hold up a bit of artwork, um, but it... <laughs> No one else be able to see it, so um, <laughs> I'll explain it as best as I can. But um, every single one of the core range beers has got its own canvas, huge canvas, um, and even bigger than what you see on the can. So the canvas is expanded. Um, so each core range has this has this brilliant artwork, um, which is designed specifically for it. Um, to kind of uh, it kind of depicts the mood and the story and the brand of the beer. And then all our specials, if you look at the uh, artwork for the specials, we focus in on a part of that canvas, um, depending on what beer they're close to. Um, so those that are kind of eagle-eyed and have access to kind of some of our specials, um, you'll be able to look at it and you'll be able to see inspiration drawn from, from one of those core ranges. Mm. Um, so we've got these brilliant canvases and we've got around the brewery so anyone that comes down to the brewery can, can kind of see it and they can see where where they they, they take influence from um we've got a beer that's actually in the stargazing pack that's um that's launched last week sorry that dropped out there so just um that was origin story that's origin the, story yes origin, yeah. yeah so that's our uh our newest stout um okay. so a bit of a beast 10 percent um no adjuncts but 20 different specialty malts so if you can grab hold of that then it's um yeah I, I got a couple of those in in my delivery that arrived today so i'm Good. very much i'm i'm uh, i mean I'd, I'd love to drink beers like lumina as well but i'm very much a, a, a stout and imperial stout guy 
So um, I'm very much looking forward to uh, <laughs> Tour Origin's story. Yeah, um, it's very good. I'm, I'm actually going to crack open another one. Um, and this is one that was out of the, out of the ones that I bought and then put uh, a picture up on Twitter. Uh, this was the one that was selected for me to drink. That's much ado about muffin. Okay. Lovely. So, looking forward to this one. It's an interesting yeah. one. And I like, I like the name. Um, it, it, it harks back to actually uh, to a lot of the um, Brew York names. They, they sort of like, love a, a nice pun like that. Yeah, yeah, it's all the Shakespeare fans out there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, I only recently really got into the industry myself, and you always think, well, I wonder how they come up with the names. Um, and more, nine times out of ten, it's just conversations in the office, and someone says something stupid or something clever, and, well, that'll make a good beer name. And that's generally how it's born. Um, <laughs> So you sort of have a list of um, you know future names when we come up with a beer that, that fits in with the name. <laughs> we do actually. We do have a list, of, a spreadsheet of uh, of things that we've said that we think would make a good beer name, but we're searching for a beer, and then vice versa. We have the other way around. So, right, someone will say, "Oh, we, we're brewing this style." Like, has anyone got a great name for it? But yes, <laughs> it's a collaboration in creativity in in a, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah, and this one, I mean, I'm definitely getting the um, the blueberries in this. It's very very punchy blueberry flavor it's excellent yeah like, there's lots of kind of a lot of vanilla in there i get on, on yeah absolutely well. i think you're getting that as well and and the sort of um the citrus as well yeah it's it's um it's very drinkable um especially for the color you you pour it out and you think cool you know uh it's, yeah. it's, it looks it looks like it's going to be very um what's the way indulgent and it, and it is in a sense but also pretty refreshing Absolutely. And it's only, I think, what is it? 5.5. So um, not, not too strong. I mean, obviously at 440 mil and 5.5, a few of those would, would definitely get you, get you going. But um, I know I'm, yeah. I'm finding it. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't taste as, uh, I know obviously 5.5 is, it's not up there with the, you know, the big Imperial Stout um, uh, ABVs, but it certainly still it doesn't even taste five point five to me. No, super refreshing, and um, like I say, it's interesting when we talk about ABVs, isn't it? Because yeah. Talks about you know, if you were having a conversation with an eighteen-year-old me, you know, five point five percent was was insane, um, but now I look at six and a half percent or something, you know, eh. <laughs> I could drink that easily. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and and also, I mean, for me, it's it's also the um, the, the portions. I I, I got um, a twelve percent um, imperial stout uh, last week, as well as a few other beers. And when I unpacked the box, um, I noticed for the first time, didn't notice it on the order, that they were in three thirty mil cans, and this brewery usually does only four forties. And my first feeling was to be disappointed, but then I thought. Actually, it's a twelve percenter. Maybe thirty <laughs> is more sensible. To be fair, I mean, <laughs> definitely. And I've always, I've been in that situation many a time where I've had a uh, a big kind of seven fifty mil or some of those American six hundred mil. You're really feeling it, but <laughs> you power on because it's so yeah. delicious. But you do look at it and think something. Yeah. Wish, wish they'd done it in a three thirty mil. I would, I would have. Yeah, it's okay if you're sharing, I guess, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. On your own. I mean, obviously, as, as most of us have been doing over the last few months, all of my pretty much all of my drinking has been at home. Um, 
and I'm the only beer drinker in the house. So there's no there's no sharing going on. If I open a bottle that's uh, that's big, I'm I'm finishing it all off. So. Yeah, it would be a waste otherwise. Oh, well, absolutely, <laughs> you, can't, you can't waste beer. Exactly. I've been I've been doing some uh, some judging for World Beer Awards recently, and um, I mean some of those come in 750 um, mil as well. And of course, you know, you know, for example, a couple of weeks back when we did one round, um, I was tasting 19 beers, um, and wow. a few of them in 750s. There was no way that we were drinking, you know. Yeah. So there was the unfortunate situation of quite a lot of it going down the drain. That's such a shame, isn't it? But yeah, like you say, the uh, all those beers and all that, all that yeah. percentage. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because it's uh, because it's done uh, you know, online because of the current scenario. Uh, normally those bottles would have been poured out between the whole table. Um, but, you know, in this instance, they've got to, they've got to send a whole bottle just for, you know, one little taste. So it is a shame, but it's the, it's the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. But, I mean, you know, way, isn't it? Yeah. And talking about obviously the, the coronavirus and COVID and lockdown, what, I mean, how did that affect Siren? I know obviously, you know, it's had an effect in terms of um, a lot of, beer being sort of canned rather than kegged but what have siren been doing in in the during the lockdown yeah so it's it's an interesting one 85 percent of our business um was was wiped out overnight we're very much uh, on trade where we, we we brew beers and we we support we support the on trade and the independent so of course as soon as those those pubs closed down that was that was 85 percent of our business just, just gone overnight um which of course represents a huge challenge um, and as you know, we we crowdfunded not too long ago now, um, and that that set us up really well in, in a sense. Um, we invested in a kind of a, a top of the range, almost completely overspecced canning line um, to kind of future proof us. So, mm. so for us, that the kind of the, the move to canning was was kind of not I wouldn't say seamless, um, but you know we were well placed for that that we could actually just move to canning. We, we could can beer that we had in the tank use some of that crowdfunding money to um, invest in a really great website that, that had the ability to be scalable yeah. um, so that's that allowed us to almost you know, seamlessly again but we were very agile and again uh, our kind of like social commerce for consumers we've invested a lot in as well we've got obviously myself um, that kind of works here full time that's able to do kind of events and kind of be here and kind of talk to you and do some of the digital events that we've been doing during lockdown. Uh, we've got um, Tim Pritchard, who is our in-house um, in-house guy to create all our content, kind of work alongside myself and Andy, the marketer manager. So, in a sense, we're well set up for uh, for what happens. Um, but I guess it's a it was a mix of that, some kind of good decision making, and a, and a kind of a chunk of luck really that that has enabled us to really kind of um, it's kind of helped us really on that on that move so we've we've had that agility to to cope with you know that huge loss and um, really kind of kind of sales on our website but we've also been able to really get some of those beers we've been selling to those in the still trading so lots of bottle shops um, mm. and we've been able to help them with content so we've we've done some kind of blog posts on them to kind of help out help you know help those um that's still trading 
Um, we've also done our digital events, so we've been able to kind of back up everything we've been doing. Um, mm. But at the same time, um, you know, with a significant amount of kind of age debt that, you know, we don't know if any of that's ever going to come in. A lot of those kind of places are still uh, still closed, you know, still running on a low capacity. So that's a significant challenge. I mean, that's industry, right? Not just for us, there's probably a lot of breweries are in exactly the same position and a lot of suppliers in the same position as well. Mm. Um, so that's obviously, you know, still a huge challenge. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we've been lucky um, that we can be agile, we can kind of move where kind of with all the changes, but it, it still represents a huge challenge. So, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. You know, we've been, all of us been super busy and, you know, we, we had to fellow um, some people for various reasons and so that left us at skeleton team. Mm. Um, with all these web orders coming in so we've had to kind of switch focus and the warehouse has turned into like a huge kind of like picking and packing station which I've been kind of in charge of as long as, as well as the tactile team so a group of people who are by no means e-commerce or warehouse experts or even logistics <laughs> overnight have had to figure out you know how we how we ship all these orders but yeah. um you know, we've 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 done it, um, and we've enjoyed it um, in a kind of, I guess, a, a masochistic way. You know, long nights and all the things, but it's it's been fun. Um, yeah. You know, we we do it because we love the industry and we love working here. And it's great that people are buying a lot of beer online as well, and um, because, of course, you know, I, I guess from from one perspective, it's people that want to still carry on drinking interesting beer, can't get down the pub, obviously because the pubs were closed. But it's great that they're coming directly to the breweries and ordering and I think that's as you were saying where you and a lot of other breweries were having to kind of work on the fly and repurpose staff and um, you know whatever for, for, to, to, to fulfill all these orders. Yeah I mean um, another motivation for everything we've done is to is to keep everyone in a job. Um, we, we haven't you know we're in a, a good position where no one's lost their job um, obviously, some people have we've kind of uh, used some of the schemes available to kind of help us. So, um, for a consumer perspective, um, beer's been one of those few joys, I guess. Uh, and you've seen on social media, you know, the, the weekly beer delivery um, that that people have been having, and, and beer is that is meant to be enjoyed, right? It's, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> So it's fantastic that people have been supporting the brewery and you know buying direct and buying local. And obviously, we can't thank everyone enough for it. Um, but it's been nice that we can carry on and that we've been able to kind of switch over to cans and and get the beer out to people in another sense, you know. And yeah, um, yeah, it's you know it's no one's ideal situation. There's been lots of challenges, but um, it'll be kind of you know the fact that we can put the smiles on people's faces and we can allow people to socialize because I mean beer is a social people can still socialize you know it's in a different way obviously we're you know we're talking over zoom and I've done many zoom chats with kind of family and friends and we've had a beer and mm. we've done digital events we've done quiz nights so it's, it's still allowing people to yeah. socialize and enjoy the beer uh, in a very you know kind of covid way of the times Going forward then with uh, the rest of the year and, and beer plans, I know that there's something that 
that is very close to my heart and that's the Caribbean chocolate cake launch for each year. So what can you tell me about 2020? Yeah, so Caribbean chocolate cake is, um, it's become a staple uh, year and year. It's, you know, everyone's just getting bigger. And, I mean, last year we were really happy with the way that it went. Yeah, there were the four, the four different variations last year when there, the, the normal um, barrel aged death by a uh, chocolate cake and the white one, which I actually found to be, um, I, th I think the death by Caribbean chocolate cake was my favorite, but the white really run it close. Yeah, and the white one actually turned out to be somewhat of a Marmite beer, um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and I have to agree with you, death by was, was fantastic. Um, but every year, obviously, like you say, there's the three uh, kind of usuals. There's the original, um, there's the barrel age. That's the same this year. There will be room for a variant. So we'll do a variant. That's not been decided yet. So by all means, if there's any suggestions from you and your followers, we're still actually deciding on that. So if there's anything you'd like to see, um, feel free to, to mention it or, you know, to... Just bombard your social media with suggestions. and I, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, Caribbean chocolate cake 2020 is still very much a go. Um, mm -hmm. It's just figuring out, you know, uh, how we could do it. Um, going back to the the crowdfunding, we've been very lucky that we've had uh, some of that money to increase the capacity. So we've been stocking two new 24,000 litre tanks outside, um, which. Uh, which enabled us, uh, which is something very much that was planned so, sorry, uh, well before this. Didn't, didn't quite catch that. Two 24,000 litre tanks. Yeah, so they've been installed. So that's allowed us to increase our capacity. Uh, they came again from the crowd funder. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're up in operation. So um, it's going to allow us to, um, obviously last year it sold within a week. Uh, yeah, so the more beer we can get out to people, the better. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully that increasing capacity will allow us to to get a lot more caribbean chocolate cake out mm. so yeah so still very much a go um a, quite an exciting development and um i'd imagine you'll be the first person to hear this so um it's quite exciting Ooh, news, but exclusive eh <laughs> exclusive. so um we are lucky enough to have just installed a nitro uh, line into our canning line oh wow um and Within a few weeks, you'll see emerging uh, a nitro version of Broken Dream. Um, nitro Broken Dream. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> which we're calling Hardcore Broken Dream. Because uh, essentially, the idea, you know, without widget, the, the way to get that kind of, you know, is to mm. essentially take the can, completely turn it upside down and just hard pour it. Uh, we've even developed some special glasses that have been designed enable the that kind of uh, nitro kind of cascade um oh, wow. so that is coming soon and all going well uh, the plan is to uh, the original caribbean chocolate cake this year will be nitro oh fantastic so not only a nitro broken dream but a nitro caribbean chocolate cake it's, it's on the cards yeah we, we feel sometimes obviously the original caribbean chocolate cake was the brainchild for the whole kind of release and Maybe yeah. sometimes it gets forgotten, you know, it's not sometimes maybe quite as exciting as the variant. So uh, we're going to pump up that excitement by, by put, uh, going full nitro, uh, all, all things going well. So, yeah. Oh, that is uh, excellent news. 
I, I, I think I, I, the first nitro I ever had, I think, was um, one of the American brewery ones. Um, was it uh, Left Hand? I think Left Hand Brewing um, oh. uh, did, uh, did um, uh, a nitro stout. And yeah, literally just invert the bottle. Obviously, in this case, I'm sure it's going to be cans, but invert it literally directly into the glass and yeah. just let it cascade out. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think my first nitro was um, probably most people's in this country, which would have been Brewdogs. Jet Black Heart. Right, Jet Black Heart, yes, yeah. Excellent. Well, looking forward to those. Um, so what, what's your, I mean, I'm going to ask you now about your favourite beers. But I'm going to let you do a favourite siren and a favourite non-siren. Okay. Brilliant. Just so that you uh, can't get in trouble. You can't get in trouble by <laughs> if I say, what's your favourite beer? And you pick a non-siren. I'm going to let you have a siren and a non-siren. I mean, it's it's a very difficult question, isn't it? Um, mm. I mean, there's been so many siren beers I'm lucky enough to um, have kind of lived quite close. So I've been drinking siren beers for many years. Um, there's been a lot um, kind of, of, of them recently that I've really enjoyed. I have to say that maybe it's not one specific siren, but um, we brewed a, a a beer called Every Minute Matters um, with a, a Californian brewery uh, called Green Cheek um, mm -hmm. at the start of the year, um, which is a California IPA. Um, and it's kind of a new style. It's a style that like, they developed and they've brought over. Uh, I mean, being a beer judge, you'll, you'll probably know that it's not a style that's, that's recognized. Um, yeah. but essentially it's a, it's a West coast, uh, that's been modernized and it uses a mainly base. Sorry. Um, uses a, a Pilsner wall base. So, okay. usually, so, uh, I mean, in my mind, you know, California's super hot, um, and maybe a really punchy West coast isn't always uh, the way to go. Sometimes I like to have a more refreshing drink when it's in the heat. So, this kind of California IPA, I've actually got um, our most recent version of it called Be More Pacific. Oh, right. Um, I've got yeah. one of those as well. So yeah. I will look forward to drinking that. Um, so it's a, it's a super uh, kind of refreshing version, but still holding all those kind of like West Coast kind of like vibes. So you're still quite bold, still quite punchy, lots of tropical fruit. Uh, and it's a style that I, I actually love. Um, I fall in love with. I've always liked loved the West Coast, but um, especially in this heat that we're having today and on Friday, yeah. it's going to be a heat wave. Um, mm. This is for some, you know, something that punches well above its weight. It's still refreshing. Um, it's uh, it's one of one of my favourite sirens at the moment for sure. Excellent. And um, non-siren. And non-siren. This is really really difficult. So traditionally, uh, I have probably. Um, always been um, a fan of big, hazy, juicy double IPAs. So I've not been in craft beer a huge amount of time. Um, I've kind of loved beer for my entire life. Um, my family used to go to Germany quite a lot on holiday. Um, mm. It's a bit of a weird destination when you're growing up. All my friends used to go to Spain or yeah. places. We went to Germany a lot. Um, so my background was kind of German beer. It's a very traditional Having it, be able to have a beer with your dinner because that's not frowned upon in Germany, you know, as a 12 year old. Yeah, they encourage it actually. <laughs> exactly. So, and obviously, being 12, I thought it was fantastic. 
Um, and very much vice beers, you know, something a bit sweeter, not quite as bitter. Yeah. Um, so I've always been more of a kind of traditional kind of beer drinker, but then getting into craft, what really got me into craft was that kind of New England kind of like craze, which is still, you know, ongoing now. Yeah. That's generally what I would drink um, most of the time. Mm-hmm. However, my favourite beer is a stout. Um, okay. Favourite ever beer and uh, I don't know if you've had it, but it's a collaboration between Westbrook and Evil Twin. So it's called Imperial Mexican Biscotti Cake Break. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, think I've se- I, I think I've seen some of those Evil Twin, uh, as you said, mm-hmm. but I think I've seen those, but I've never had the, uh, the pleasure. Yeah, it's a. It it's essentially it's a blend or between a between an evil twin beer and a Westbrook beer, uh, but it's essentially like um, it's a stout. It's a thick kind of cakey stout, and um, we've got cinnamon kind of habanero chilies in it. So it's not like a pastry stout, um, but it's, it's quite balanced. And there's a basically it's got everything going in it. You know, cinnamon, kind of vanilla, um, a real cakey mouthfeel, but with um, that kick of the chili right at the end yeah then that kind of warmth but it's not overpowering it's just a nice kind of bit of a kick to kind of bring it all down to earth um, yeah i mean I've, I've had a few um uh sort of mole stouts or sort of chili stouts right and i've had some that have been a bit too overpowering and i i, I love a stout and i do enjoy where breweries play with the style and 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 brings those extra different weird weirder flavors into it but as I say, some have been too overpowering and some have had, I've been on the right side of interesting and they've had that kick. They've had the little bit of uh, a, a fire to it, but not too much. And your one sounds like it's on that side of things. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely very balanced. And I think um, it also invokes memories of the first time I had it. Um, I was in Philadelphia. Um, we'd been on a bit of a sightseeing kind of tour um, and then we found this lovely little kind of um, craft beer place. Um, it was snowing outside, so really cold. Um, so it, it had a bit of everything, you know. I'm very much I drink stouts in the winter. I'm very much a seasonal stout drinker. Um, um, it kind of evokes good memories as well as being just a, such a fantastic to, beer. Great beer, excellent, and that is great as well. I mean, you know, um, I think people talk a lot about kind of food and and maybe even wine and things like that about you know evoking memories and it's great that beer's got that role too um i'm definitely like you you know i can i can often quite remember exactly where i was when i first drank a certain type of beer but let me tell you that there there is every weather is stout weather (laughs) (laughs) i've got some friends who will who will uh judge me for saying that and they will drink stouts all year long and and don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll drink stouts all year long as well, but I don't know there's something about me when it comes to winter. Uh, I just go yeah. full, on, full on stout. I mean, I, I, I agree that, um, that, that winter time is, is when it's more appropriate. Um, I think that's the thing. My, my beer fridge is probably overloaded with stouts, to be honest. It always is. But when it comes to the summer, I do tend to sort of, buy more IPAs and more kind of refreshing beers because I know that even though I'm going to love to down a few stouts, I'm going to want an IPA or two before. Um, and then the other, the opposite, obviously in, in, in the winter, but um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely in the, in the, any, any weather is that weather camp. That's for sure. 
got a big group of friends who are all very much stout nerds, um, <laughs> and they will be drinking them all the time. And uh, I'll get involved, but I usually have something refreshing before and after, just to, I guess, cleanse the palate a little bit. I guess. Absolutely. I, I go to I go to um, festival. Well, I obviously don't go to festivals anymore, but I, I went to <laughs> festivals um, and. I would see the, the the lineup of beers. I mean, this like the last one I can remember was actually early this year, just before lockdown, was um, Cask Twenty Twenty, um, which was in in um, South London. Yeah. And you know where 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 you sort of get the the list of the beers that are available. And I have the best intentions of going in there and trying a few of the different you know, maybe some of the IPAs and some of the other the, the styles as well. But you know that there's only so many beers that you can handle in, in a day. Um, yeah. Whilst actually being able to taste them and, and be coherent enough to, to know what you're drinking. Um, and you look through the list of, of beers and, and I just can't help but say, well, you know what? There are 15 stouts on that list. And I'm pretty sure I can probably only handle 15 be it particularly given some of the ABVs of some of those beers, and I end up pretty much just having just having stouts. You know, good intentions of perhaps not having um, that type of beer, but yeah, I think that people tend to lean to what they to what they prefer, don't they? Really? Generally, yeah. I, I'm one of these people that will buy multiple tickets to these festivals, so I'll go to lots of sessions, and then I try and stick to maybe a style for the session. Okay, um, and then I'll have I'll have a stout session which is usually the Saturday night one um, where we just go yeah last last session of the weekend <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> excellent and uh, have, you, have you opened uh, a different beer or another Lumina yeah no so so this is to be more specific so um, you'll okay. be able to see what I mean um, so obviously this is a, a west coast kind of beer but you look at the colour of it yeah it's very kind of very, very pale clear. so that's that's the Pilsner kind of more place coming in at um, 6.8 percent so it's still, mm. still on the upper scales of you know uh, of the west coast um yeah but yeah it's still super refreshing so excellent and i see it's holding its head very well is i mean is that is that something that i mean obviously i know that it probably would do anyway in any glass but is that something that the can shaped glass helps it seems to yeah i mean this is my first um my first ever experience does seem to help, that's for sure. Um, I'm very much a one glass man. I do love my tumblers, so it's probably something I should uh, I should try with more, especially as I mentioned we've got the special glass um, yeah. for, the, for the nitro broken green, which is which is there to kind of promote that kind of that mm. cascading effect and get the most out of it. So um, yeah, I should um, I should try glasses more often, but I, I'm sure everyone has their favourite to go to glass. Yeah, I, I, um, I've taken actually to pretty much ordering um, a glass every time I, I, I get a new delivery. Um, from the, if, if the brewery are selling glass, which I guess most do, but um, the other one or two don't. Yeah. But um, generally I've taken to, and this was the, the, the one I got, um, actually the one I got this one was the pint glass. That, that was the, um, the, the free with a code. Oh, so yes. That was, that was a free pint glass. So pretty yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, I I also have the kind of tulip tumbler glass, uh, the tulip, sorry, um, glass from when I got the Caribbean chocolate cake last year. Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of our classic kind of style of glass. But um, 
Yeah. We we definitely seem to have upped our glassware game recently with the with the can and the tumbler and, yeah. and the various pint glass. As you say, there is a, a pint twenty twenty code which um I'm you know, you're I'm pretty sure it's still active. Um so well it was uh, uh, up until the weekend, that, that's for yeah. sure. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, so feel free to to use it guys and you'll uh, any any order you'll get that free glass. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, excellent. Well, it's been fantastic chatting with you, Matt. Yeah, you too, Paul. Really, really enjoyed it. And um, great news about the, uh, the Nitro canning uh, edition. Yeah, and, super uh, exciting. Um, I, you know, we, we were talking about it in the office today and we, we're not sure of another brewery in the UK at the moment that are, that are doing it. I, you know, I could be wrong on that, but um, it's you know, something that we're definitely going to embrace and, and play around with for sure. No, that sounds great. And I'm very much looking forward to, um, to trying the Broken Dream um, Nitro, as well as obviously Caribbean chocolate cake. As you say, it, yeah. does, it does give the original um, variant that kind of extra, extra bit of a kick. Sure. Um, because, yeah, you're quite right. The, the, the three kind of um, twists on the Caribbean chocolate cake have become, have become a focus. So it's yeah. nice to give the, yeah. the, the original a bit, of, a bit of an extra focus as well. Definitely, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll be uh, coming to uh, the tap yard. Now I've noticed it's reopened. I'm sure that people will be getting back to normal and back out there and back drinking in pubs and tap rooms. Definitely. You're always welcome down to the tap room pool for a few years. That's for sure. Well, I, I will certainly find that it's, it's a little bit of a drive <laughs> for me, but uh, I am going to um, Somerset at the end of August. So I might actually find a reason to come oh. that way back. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for your time, Matt. Cheers, Paul. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was great. Thanks again to Matt, and thanks to you for listening. Apologies for the sound quality on some sections during that interview, but hopefully it didn't spoil your enjoyment too much. Excellent to have that exclusive info as well about the Nitro capability of Siren's new canning line, and that we're going to be having Nitro Broken Dream, or Hardcore Broken Dream, as they were calling it, very soon as well as a nitro version of the Caribbean chocolate cake later this year. Can't wait for that. And next week, I'll be welcoming the guys from Amity Bruco, the new brewery in Leeds. They haven't even opened their brew pub yet, but they're brewing beer and selling online. And the first batch sold out in just a couple of days. So I'll be finding out what it's like to be setting up a brand new brewery in the middle of a pandemic. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. The handles on both of those platforms is at UK. You'll see info on future podcasts, regular beer posts, and perhaps a chance to win some beer too. See you next week.